Folks, I want to welcome you back to the podcast Life Around the Fire. We are a spiritually divine <laughs> podcast. We're actually we're podcast devoted to spiritual growth. And I'm doing kind of a special edition because two reasons. One I have been requested to, strongly requested to, uh, provide this particular additional podcast. And secondly, I'm going to be going tomorrow, which would be May the 26th, I'm going to be going to get some oral surgery done, having all of my teeth pulled in preparation for getting some denture implants in the future. So maybe some of you have noticed that uh, during my talking, sometimes I, I pause a bit or I might lisp a little bit or you might hear a whistle. That's just because of the condition of certain things in my mouth right now. And so in lieu of that, I wanted to get this one particular podcast in and out, so to speak, so that there can be uh, some benefit from it as well as it's going to be a while before I'm going to be able to do this again personally so there's gonna be some other guests coming in that's gonna be absolutely great but for the evening right now and it's evening time i'm uh really looking forward to getting this particular additional podcast out and to start things out i want to read from a passage in the bible revelation chapter 12 verse 11 it says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Now, this passage has been used many ways, many places, many times. And right now, I'm simply using it as an opening statement to this podcast. This is not meant to be a theological treatise on this verse. This is really something that's very personal powerful and rather precious to me from the Bible. And again, they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the word of their testimony. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And as I stated, the result of this podcast is due to some strong encouragement and some personal requests that have come my way to provide a little more kind of an additional amount of material regarding an area of addiction in my life. So, without further ado, 
to say that I had become a hopeless addict of not only alcohol, but other drugs as well, between the age of 35 and 60, would be a real accurate assessment of my personal life. I'd gone from being a rather well-known spiritual Christian leader in Minnesota and various other parts of the world to a broken-down man who'd really gone through two divorces and was basically at the point of death when God, once again, miraculously intervened and restored me from the inside out. I mean it. <laughs> Got to pause right there and give thanks to God. So, in going in going on here, at the age of thirty-five, I had been uh, given a vision from the Lord. It happened to be a Sunday morning, and I'd been given a vision from the Lord. It was a vision of a city that was in ruins. And actually, it was a futuristic picture of what my life would basically look like down the road. And by this time in my life, at that time of age 35, I really didn't broadcast anything regarding the use of alcohol. I wasn't like pro-alcohol or anti-alcohol or drinking as a, as a as a leader. Periodically, I had decided that it was going to be okay to do that, but I thought I had it really under control, so it was really a non-issue. So by this time in my life, although the drinking began to increase from having a glass or two of wine with a meal to having an entire bottle, wine would sometimes be mingled with a few beers. Soon it was like a couple of cocktails became the evening norm, and I noticed that uh, my tolerance was increasing but things were still pretty manageable, you know? It was like I could still maintain, basically, and I wasn't really getting getting sloppy or anything like that. It was I was enjoying myself, so to speak, and thought it was just part of the you know, normal adult living thing, and everything was cool. Then one day, <laughs> that proverbial, then one day, then one day when I was 37... I got some really hard, bad news. And uh, as a result, I realized that I was going to be facing my first divorce. And uh, I was really heavy duty. I was, at that time, I was no longer pastoring. I was uh, actually a home health care professional. So... I got some news, blew me away, hurt me. It was pretty difficult. So I got stupid, crazy drunk, and I really stayed drunk for a couple of weeks and kind of threw caution to the wind. I was just like, ah, so what? And uh, I started smoking some pot again, and I was actually starting on a regular basis, and periodically I had a little bit of LSD. I thought, ah, you know check out some psychedelics. Why not? I wasn't pastoring. So I was the proverbial dog that had gone back to its vomit, though. I knew better, but I really didn't care. I was hurt, and all I wanted to do was numb my pain. This began 
and Evert, and uh, this just began an ever-increasing uh, amount of binges. I was visiting the area bars and clubs. I would stay up till all hours of the night. And this ultimately led to some total undoing of my marriage. It was it, My marriage was on the rocks. It was going out, but this certainly didn't help it. And I was now drinking at least a pint of vodka a day and smoking several bowls of marijuana. I also began using painkillers and a little bit of cocaine and some crystal meth. The, uh, the entire time I was still praying and trying to have some kind of relationship with God, though, man. You know, I was doing my best, so to speak, and adding some other things in my life. I kind of felt entitled, strangely enough. It was at this time, though, that I had begun to see and having some ill sex with other women, put it just point blank. And some, I didn't even know their names. I was what you call a true dog. Definitely not proud of that. My drinking was now just about daily, and my other drug use was about the same. My high of choice was this. It was a pint and a half of vodka and two good joints of quality marijuana. That was like my perfect thing. I really liked that a lot. Pineapple vodka and a couple bowls or joints of really good marijuana. And uh, I was not what a person would consider to be a skid row bum type alcoholic. I was dysfunctionally functional. I was sick, but I wasn't done. And I was still functioning and had a job. Basically, you know, just the average, what I thought average Joe. I just uh, like to uh, party. So I said. But my divorce was finalized. And at the time, I was involved with another woman. So I moved out and began using even more. Just drinking and smoking. Had my own place. So I was drinking and smoking every night. No problem. And uh, so I thought. <laughs> All the while, my tolerance was increasing, and I was now starting to hide my stuff. I started noticing, obviously, that I was using and having more and more and more, and other people weren't right there with me, and it started to make me kind of conscientious. And I started hiding my stuff, so I would... uh, in uh, preparing to go out to party, I would drink before I would go to partying, and then I would drink while I was partying, and then I'd drink afterwards. So while I was with people, I was just doing their thing, but prior to that and after that, I was doing my thing. Well, eventually, I moved from Minnesota to Jacksonville, Florida, in order to get away from my previous surroundings and the questions I was getting from all kinds of people who knew me when I was pastoring, this was everywhere I went. It was, how you doing? How's things going? I heard this. I heard that. I couldn't go to a convenience store and not have that happen to me, seemingly. And I just got sick of it and thought, I'm going to go to a place where really nobody knows my name. So I moved to Jacksonville, Florida. 
But my new surroundings only led to more using of both alcohol and now pain pills. I was taking up to 10 Percocet a day and drinking about two pints of vodka. I was working as an auditor in a large pension management company, so I was, I was doing all right. But uh, even though at the time I was doing all right, I was becoming, behind the scenes, a pretty raging addict. Now, it was at this time that I tried to reach out to uh, the AA group that was in my neighborhood and for some, you know, for some reason, it just wasn't a fit for me. Uh, I even began trying to, I tried once to go in-house to uh, an in-house treatment facility and came out and shortly after that, I went right, right to drinking. And so I was involved in what you would typically consider a rebound relationship. It was someone initially who told me all the wonderful things about myself and how things would turn out together and just really sounded great. And I wanted to have my ego stroked and it was being stroked. However, you know, the Shangri-La was really starting to wear out. And after about eight years, it was uh, now on thin ice. And, um, uh, Eventually, through a wild set of circumstances, the straw that broke the camel's back happened, and a second divorce happened. Got divorced again. Divorced. It's like the death that never stops. You think it's going to stop, take care of stuff. It really continues on. Fortunately, God can work through all things, and in my life, Thankfully, he has, but for the record, there are some people that would be real divorce advocates. I'm not one. I'm not anti, and I'm not pro, I'm pro-divorce. It's just, you know, word to the wise, really think about it. Anyway, by now, my drug habit was really primarily being hidden as much as possible. I was, uh, again, I'd party, but I'd party lightly with people, but heavy behind the scenes. <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, even in these this, this growing situation, I was still really trying to maintain a relationship with God. I would pray. I would do my best. Nah, not really, not my best. I would, I would, I would, I would pray, and I would casually try to maintain some kind of what I call a relationship with God. But things really just continued to escalate. And for the record, and for those who have this problem or know someone with this problem, the addiction element of my life really, really, really kicked into gear, physically, mentally, emotionally. And spiritually, man, big time. Eventually, I had exhausted all of my resources. As I said, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. I had been through at least a dozen rehabs. I had exhausted by now my, who now is my wife, Jessica, 
beautiful, beautiful gift of God. We'll talk more later. I'll share more about the good things taking place. Hey, man, we've been through the thick, the thin. Life experiences have taught us a lot. I'm thankful for having a relationship like the one I have with Jessica. So, but even with as cool of a situation as we have, my drinking was at that time around a quart of vodka a day, a pack and a half of cigarettes, about five joints, some periodic pills, magic mushrooms. I probably had uh, about, at the time, uh, I probably had a, a few months to live. I had ballooned up to about 300 pounds. My health was in the tank. I had had triple bypass heart surgery, diabetes. My foot was being threatened to be amputated. My teeth were basically falling out of my mouth. And I was at the end of the road. I was that city that was totally decimated. If you would have seen me before, and if you would have seen me after, you would have said, OMG. <laughs> what happened to you, David? <laughs> yeah. And if you were to see me now, now, a year later, you'd say, what? what miracle has happened in your life, sir? So at the time, back to that whole thing, at the time, I wasn't drinking to get drunk. I was drinking to keep from getting sick and going through the DTs. I had gone through the DTs and hallucinated for nearly a week one time. I had been told, and Jessica was told by some doctors, that they were concerned that I was not going to come out from the hallucinations, that I would be known as what would be a wet brain. So, I was miles apart and miles away from God and others. And it was 25 years from the point 35 to 60, 25 years where my life in addiction, throw in some abuse, that was really the story that had developed. That's the kind of addiction that I was in, and I'm still giving you some broad strokes. It'd be boring if I got into any more, but you get the real picture. I was a mess, a royal mess. Gone from the palace to the pit, and now in a place of renewal, in a place talking about the power of God and his kingdom, and not in a hyped-up way, but in a very real way, a restored way, a solid way. So 
in essence, enter God. Now, in the previous podcasts, I've shared uh, the amazing story of how that took place. Enough to say that his love, his life, his delivering healing power broke through and into my life. If you wonder why I appear to be an intense, radical believer in Jesus Christ, it's because I am. I am. I am sold out. I am thankful. I'm 62 years old and on fire for the Lord. Now, he can and will do the same thing and more for you. You say, I've heard that stuff before. Yeah, you have, man. And I'm telling you, he not only will, he is going to do that for you. That's why you're listening. Or that's why you know somebody that you can give this to, and they're going to hear it, and it's going to make sense and it's going to be something that they're going to hold on to because God is doing something. If you will let him do it to you by the Holy Spirit, God loves you and wants you to come home. He's not angry with you. He already forgave you. Now, receive it and let him help you live and walk in his spirit. He is real and he loves you. So pray with me now. And if you have any questions or concerns you want to share, please, I'm going to leave this with you. Please contact us at lifearoundthefire at gmail.com. Lifearoundthefire at gmail.com. All lowercase, no spaces. Lifearoundthefire at gmail.com. Pray with me, please. Father, I love you, and I thank you for your love and your healing touch. God, thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for the way that you know how to reach us, your patience, your pursuit. God, your promises, how real and how true they are, that you will not leave us or forsake us, that you will draw us unto yourself, that you Look after us like a father. You look after us like a loving father. You look after us with deep care and deep concern and with the ability to restore us. God, thank you. We open ourselves up to you and invite your spirit to come in and cleanse us with the blood of Jesus Christ. Forgive us of our sins and renew our minds. Father, thank you for relationship with you and citizenship in your kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yours, God, is the power and the glory forever, and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. I look forward to sharing more with y'all in future podcasts. Until then, man, keep your eyes on the prize. Bye now.